Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I hope he didn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money. Yell it for me. Bottle keep popping that water bath. This is 11 personnel where you have two people talking personnel and football stuff and things but I don't I don't know do we even need to talk about football like it I think we should since this is a football podcast Do we have to? Yeah, I think so. But but do we have to though? Like it <laughs> it Saturday sucked. Mhm. It sucked really bad. Now, it was going well. It was very fun in the morning, and it was getting more and more fun, and then it ended really horribly. So, you know what I did, Luckett? I was so mad that I did some extra special show prep. Is that right? Yeah. Less show prep than normal. Oh, man, you're about ready to knock that picture over. I know. You really, you really wanted to. Um, but... Instead of diving into the notes and the numbers, I'll just let you do that. I got some different show prep for us. Would you like to see? Yeah, let's see it. Cold, domestic, and white. <laughs> there you go. Cheers, sir. Awesome. Yeah, uh, we need some after this. It's been a rough week, man. It has been a very rough week. The basketball team didn't make it any easier last night. So, pardon me, but I'm just in a sour-ass mood. We've seen back-to-back games against Tennessee. SEC tournament, then the football game, and then even dated back to the football game last year. Just, ugh. Just, ugh. You felt like Kentucky should have won. I always felt like these teams were pretty even. So it was going to be kind of a 50-50 game, whoever makes the most plays. But when you just look at the box score, you see that Kentucky had 10 more first downs. You see that they controlled the tempo. They played the game how they wanted to play, slow and methodical. They were 7 for 15 on third down. But you also saw that Tennessee got the more – they had more explosive plays. They put up around 6.6, 6.7 yards per play, while Kentucky only had less than five, had like 4.8, 4.9 yards per play. A lot of those explosive plays came third down too. That's what I was getting at. Really, it was two drives for Tennessee. Yeah. They – Jared Grantano comes in. They go on two 75-yard touchdown drives right out, right out the, the jump in the second half. And really, that, that those two scores change the game because when you play like Kentucky plays, it leaves very little room for error. And so when that happens, when you have scoring opportunities, you need to you need to cash in. Kentucky 
crossed the 50 seven times on Saturday, only scored 13 points. Ugh. And one of those touchdowns, they pretty much started on it was right like outside the red zone. Yeah, yeah, it's red zone essentially. So that that cannot happen. The national average when you get a scoring opportunity, which is a possession that at some point is inside your opponent's 40, which Kentucky did, I believe, at least six times, maybe seven times. Mm-hmm. You should. The national average is like 4.4. Four points per game per scoring opportunity. So, so that means that Kentucky should have had twenty-four points. Yeah, Kentucky had at least thirteen. They only had thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because that that was I think the the part that's most frustrating too for the fans and football Knicks alike is that there's no easy answer to this game in that. Like Kentucky's offense, they did what they've always done with Limbo Nick quarterback. They moved the ball. They had long drives. That first drive was a thing of beauty. Seventeen plays, ten minutes. They did that a couple more times, except they would get nine play drives together, twelve play drives together, and just do nothing with it. That drive before half, you you, you move all the way downfield. You don't get that extra fifteen yards for targeting. Mm-hmm. That gets taken away, and you're kind of you, you don't get that extra humph, and you're 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 stuck. Just not getting there. It's 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 it sucks. Like it to blame the game on just saying the other team made more plays. But like, that's kind of what happened, right? Tennessee just had how you want to play defense against this offense. Yeah, they matched up well. Well, you want to keep your corners back a little bit. You want to you want to dare Kentucky to throw the ball. You want to keep your safeties back. You want to occasionally zero blitz, but not do it a lot. And you want to win inside. You want to win inside with your defensive linemen to hold off blocks, and you want your linebackers, your inside Dude. linebackers, to run around and make tackles. Daniel Batuli, that boy's good. Yeah, and like we talked about before on the last podcast, we said Batuli and Nigel Warrior are pros, and those are the guys that are going to be in charge of that, stopping that, the offense. That, and that and those guys balled out on Saturday. That Tua O to to O to Toa Toa Henry Toa Toa. Yeah, he. He's going to be good, too. He's right. young. He's going to be one of those guys right. that are like, right. well, this dude ever freaking leave Tennessee? And mm-hmm. I don't know how to – it's just whenever – I'm going to do the Coach K thing, too, when I write about him in the future on KSR and just put a bunch of T's and O's and D's and, like, apostrophes somewhere <laughs> and just, like, roll with that. I have no idea how to spell it. But he's those, – so those guys, some of the plays they made, there was one that was – it was a really well-called reverse. It was good-timed. Right. And, Nigel Warrior. And he – went through Bowden. It reminded me not exactly of the Boogie Watson play mm-hmm. against Georgia. There was one last year that Mike – I think it was Mike Edwards did similar, similarly. Or it was Brandon Eccles versus Mississippi State where he just, like, tackled two dudes right. at once. When, and that's what Warrior did. Nigel Warrior will be picked in probably the third, fourth, fifth round. And when we're sitting – when I'm sitting there watching the draft or when you're sitting there watching the draft or you listeners are sitting at home watching it, that play will be on there. Of him blowing that up and making a tackle because if Bolton gets a block or he doesn't do that, oh, he's gone. He might have. It might have been a touchdown. It was a great call. So Tennessee is very good at big play prevention, and that's what they did. And Kentucky's offense, you have to. I mean, just any offense in general, you have to be able to create big plays. And when you, the easiest way to do that is passing the football. Mm-hmm. So when you can't pass the football, you, if you play a good team that has a good run defense, like a big play. Prevention run defense. Like, Missouri has a good traditional run defense, but they've been 
slaughtered by QB run. And we saw that going in the Missouri game. That's one thing I liked about that game. Hell, it's kind of like Kentucky mm-hmm. where they're good stopping the run. But Q run can give mm-hmm. them fit, especially on the edge. You know what Tennessee does give up, like we talked about, is they give up stuff to the backs. And the backs are going to have to have a big game for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, A.J. Rose had another game where he had one big run, and that then every other carry was – he was averaging less – he averaged less than two yards per carry. And that's the third time in a big spot at home. We saw it at Missouri. We saw it against Florida. And now against Tennessee where he's just not – 15 carries for 18 yards if right. you take away that big one. I mm-hmm. think that's what it was. It was that's 13 was. for 16. It was 15 for 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's – what You can't – you cannot play like that. No. I know he might be your best, you know, third down guy and he's been in the program four years, but you just cannot have that. Especially when Smoke and – and Rodriguez is playing so well. you what you, what you did. So I, I've got a uh, uh, post some workshop and that I haven't completed yet, look it, but I think Rodriguez subbed himself out of that big drive. He said as much the other day. He didn't He didn't specifically say that drive, but he was like, so what do you need to get better? You know, what do you build off of this game? He's like, I can't. He's like, I took myself out of one drive, and I, I shouldn't have done that. And I think that's the one where he was Kentucky's entire offense. He had like 11-yard run, 18-yard run. 10-yard run, and then doesn't touch the ball, and then three plays later, Kentucky's fourth down. And I think Rodriguez kind of had a freshman moment there in the goal line. On first down, Kentucky ran that, I think I believe it was like an inside zone play where he would have been bouncing it out for big gains. Mm-hmm. There he did, decided not to, and if he does, he walks into the end zone. Instead, he kind of sticks his nose in there. It's a two-yard gain. At the time, you didn't worry about it, but looking back, it was like, man, he so had, they had a touchdown. So the first down, probably even worse than the third down. Third down was just a missed block. Darian Kennard missed a block. Darian Kennard's been one of the best offensive linemen for Kentucky this year. He just got he just got beat in a one-on-one. And the, it their, reach, play. their reach on that fourth down would have been awfully hard to make, too, mm-hmm. for him. Like, just reach block in general, especially if you're running, like, speed option to the outside. Like, that's even harder to make. Well, it, the, that play's happening so fast, though. You just have to slow down the guy from getting to where he wants to get, and he just got beat. When I saw it live, I thought Tennessee had a stunt call because that's how cause fast how, he got to it. Fast yeah. how he got out like there. They were slanting, and that's why the... I, I tweeted after the game. I was like, they knew that was coming because I thought they ran a mm-hmm. a stunt call, and they. But when I went back and watched the tape and wrote inside the play, that's not what happened. Kentucky kind of had what they wanted, and I see why Mark Stoops didn't call timeout. Mm-hmm. Because he said the coaches were telling me we have what we want, right? And that's what he meant because they had the numbers advantage. Warrior came down, but instead of playing outside the tackle box, he play he scoots inside. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was going to be a walk-in touchdown for Lim Bowden if Kennard gets that block, <sighs> and he misses the block. And just like we had in the Florida game, they missed that. That one was a stunt. This one, that was stunt and a miss block. This one was just a miss block, and it blew up the play in. Uh, an experienced option quarterback would realize if he, that happens, pitch it right away. Yeah. Bowden just doesn't didn't know that. And I looked at it. They didn't have the – and when you run the option, there's a thing called pitch relationship. You're supposed to keep – Oh, yeah. It was, it was horrible spacing. It, it was not good spacing. Yeah. So, even if he did that, I don't think the pitch lane was there for Bowden at any time. Because so the, really, the safety was, played it well, too. Was, was it Warrior who was on the edge that was kind of playing in between? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was able to play it well because that guy got that penetration. So he had he knew he, he had an easy decision to make because he knew the cavalry was there so uh-huh. he could go out and get the pitch guy. If that guy doesn't make the play and he sprints out there, then he's he has to make a decision. Yeah. 
and it's, it's either Bowden walks in, right, and it's perfect play. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, and that's that's the thing that does stink about all of this is you know there's a there's a well hey why didn't you just do this and the coaches kind of joke about it some. Because, like, there's some scenarios where it's like, hey, it's third and one. Do the Sawyer Smith sneak thing again. And Eddie's like, well, you know. I, if you I do that, though, crucif- and it fails, like. It, it works so stupid. You don't do that. You put the ball in number one's hands. That, I mean, that's – that you put it in his hands. If you didn't put it in his hands, people are going to be all right. Ten years ago, Rich Brooks didn't put it in Randall Cobb's hands in the same type of situation, mm-hmm. and people were pissed off. <laughs> now they, they they put the ball in their best player's hands, and people are still pissed off. So you're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, and and the thing was too is that play like what's that pitch is that that the success rate of that play like what do you think is like eighty percent for UK as far as like does the pitch option work on the you just talking about pre snap alignment before they the ball snap? No, I'm talking about just when they call that play mm-hmm. the toss option. I feel like that play works 80% of the time. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's getting positive yards more times than not, and this is the one time that it doesn't get ripped off for right. a big gain. All they mm-hmm. needed was two yards. Mm-hmm. And as Logan Simberg said yesterday, he's like, I don't care if we're running four verts. If we need to get one yard, we've got to be able to get one yard, and we didn't. The question I have, though, is like, couldn't you just rain it behind Landon and Logan? Yeah, that's looking the, back. That, that's the, but the at the one same part. time, they ran third down behind them. Yeah, yeah, and true. So they went 12 personnel. Keaton Upshaw got blown up, and that yeah. was why that play Man, they, the didn't big, work. Big, Wait, sets, but it, big sets did not work. I also think Rodriguez, he needs to do a better job of seeing that and just sticking, sticking his nose inside in just like a gap earlier instead of going running out towards there. Yeah. So I mean, he's just he's that's, learning that's how to how stuff. to be that type that's of being back. a freshman. Who, right, that's the most carries he's gotten in a game. Biggest moment he's ever been in was yeah. down there. Right, right, exactly. But I think the to get like we just really got into the weeds with that there. Like it just, but the big picture of it is that, especially when I was like, I don't have this kind of. Like, my hatred for Tennessee is relatively new, but, like, a guy like Romines, where I'm doing Matt's podcast with him, they're like, it's Tennessee. I knew we were going to lose. There's that – that's the part that stinks for most fans is that, like, this was just one of those games where you knew Kentucky was better, but it's a Kentucky-Tennessee game, and we want to get over that hump, and we just – we just that freaking team, we just can't. I don't know what it is. There is a cloud, feels like, that's hanging over, but I think it, it – Goes both ways too because Tennessee they just believe that they're going to win that game. Garantano believes that he's going he's a god yeah. when he's throwing passes against Kentucky. Year in year out since Stoops has been here, Tennessee has played some of their best games of the season against Kentucky. Even in the team that went zero and eight, that was probably the best game they played all year. One of the best games was when Kentucky barely scraped by on the mm-hmm. Stephen Johnson leap touchdown. Yeah, so they they just play well in that spot every year for whatever reason. And this this season was more of it, but Kentucky got out to the fast start, mm-hmm. like we've been begging for, and they had a chance to really deliver a knockout punch. And we've seen them in spots like this at home with a big crowd and a big game come short, not being able to deliver that knockout punch. Mm-hmm. We saw it 2017 against Florida, up 10 in the second half. Darius West interception, have a ball in good field position, go three and out. This, this one, this one, you had two chances. The big one is – well, I'll just let you go ahead. We know what the big one is. The first one was they get a first down on 
fourth and two, I think, run the, the speed option like we just talked about. Bolton, mm-hmm. Bolton gets hit, drives forward for about a yard and a half, move the chains. I believe they run the ball and then come out, throw a play action, have rig wide open. Just Bolton doesn't set his feet and makes a bat, throws it kind of behind him, doesn't lead him. I mean, that ball was fluttering up there. Mm-hmm. And Threw it flat-footed, shot-putted the football. Kentucky was really just lucky that – well, he, it was the same thing he did with Rodriguez on that wheel route, which, by the way, they call that all the time. And I don't know why they do it with Rodriguez. They must really like what he does in practice. But they called it again, and he threw it out of bounds. But that was like the yep. first play with Bowden in at quarterback at Arkansas. They throw a wheel route to Rodriguez, and he just floats it because the guy's so open, he just won't throw it out there and let him run it underneath it. On the same w- thing happens with, with this play on Rig running the corner route. On that wheel route you're talking about with Rodriguez, he had – the post open too, because it's a post wheel combo. Right. And on the broadcast, Jordan Rogers broke it down. Yeah. And the post was open. There was no safety there, and Ali beat him inside. He just didn't pull didn't the trigger. Yeah. And 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 this is where we get into the when Bowden's played quarterback for a month, and he's probably just not seeing things. Right. You know how and he should be. The two receivers they've had success with going deep. Well, they haven't really hit Wagner, but they've been. There's been some close calls, yeah. And then Bryce Oliver, yeah. They have any of them, and both of them are out. And because of the way Kentucky moved the football, it pretty much took Max Duffy out of the game because he wasn't needed to flip the field at all yeah. for the most part. And well, one of his punts came from the Tennessee forty. It, well, and you could. Uh, what I could have argued in one of those situations, you never get too mad at Mark Stoops. Being aggressive, but on fourth and three, I get it. There's zero coverage, but you know I'm not trusting on Lynn Bowden. Chuck it deep to Josh Outley. I'm just not. I just, it just, I don't. I would rather Max Duffy go put him at the one and try to play some field position ball where you're getting it back at the 50 or the 45 right. instead of because Tennessee couldn't run the ball at all. And if you've got him pinned on the one and they try to run it out there, you might get a safety out of it because I mean their running backs had I think 16 total yards. Or, well, it, it's it's some it was something ridiculous. Uh, I, I but I think they're or thirty yards on sixteen carries or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was they, something around there. They had an absurd. Derek Grantano let them in rushing. With yeah, thirty yards. Their their longest rush by a running back was five yards the entire day. Like it was absolutely astounding. Which how is what we talked about going into the game. Kentucky stuffed them from the get go. So th- maybe on one of those last three possessions where you're. Going forward and forth down. Maybe it's the one where you chuck it deep. Maybe that's the time you bring out Duffy. And, hell, if Tennessee is stupid, Duffy could maybe even run for it. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I, I could see that maybe being a, a situation. Their backs had 37 yards on 11 carries. There we go. So, so less than four yards per carry. Three yeah. yards and change. Yeah. They, like, refused to even right. try to do it. But, but – but the thing, like, you just talked about creating that field position advantage. Kentucky, because Tennessee couldn't run the ball, you thought you could maybe do that and flip the field. But Kentucky could never really do that. And then there was one punt that Ollie just didn't catch. That turned uh, that should have been a – 15 yards. Should have been a 38-yard punt turned into a 55-yard punt. Oh, God. So, you, that's what we talked about two years ago with Charles Walker. How Hidden good yards. he was at that. How many yards he saved Kentucky. He was better than – most every punt returner in the country because he saved you almost 100 yards in a game. You think they got to the point where they're like, all right, we got to just throw Lynn back there? No. You, I, I think Ali's doing a fine job. It just that that's, that is what you I mean, are right now. That also isn't Lynn's strength either. It's just catching right. it. <laughs> but in the offseason, that's going to be a big 
Yeah, got to find somebody. Maybe Tisdale. Maybe one of these freshmen coming in, Drennan, McLean. That would be big. If, I, I got to get Drennan. I haven't heard much from the Drennan camp. He, I yeah. saw today he, he has visits scheduled, but they're not sure if he's going to take the, them. It's all the West Coast ones, right? It's like Arizona State, USC. USC. There's a, I want to say, like, there's another big school on there, not on the West Coast. Florida. In my mind, it's Florida and Ohio State, but I'm not sure if it's that. But he's only really visited Kentucky, so. Yeah, well, things are looking good. Right. And I told you on the football podcast, I heard some other good things, so. Regarding Drennan? No, regarding other people, like Gatewood. Like, it's, we still haven't heard anything. It's Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Let's get right. till Friday. All right. Yeah, you know, I got, I got people in Jacksonville. You want me to put my sources down there and do some digging? Yeah, see, hey, <laughs> do, do some digging. Um, man, and also, shout out to t- – the one thing that I always do like is that Tennessee is feeling enough heat that their recruiting coordinator has to show off the barrel because they're losing so many recruiting battles and because I think they're afraid they're going to lose one with Tyler Barron as well. I think they're very worried about that one. And they that, have another one with Oxidon, too. Yeah, th- those are both. The the Baron one should be a surefire one for them, mm-hmm. and they're very worried about that one, and I think rightfully so. Sounding good for Kentucky on that, Yes, what I've discovered. Yes, and what I've heard. It's it's one of those things where, yeah. I, so they're, they're trying to get to him, and I think things can get weird because of that situation um, with his dad being on the staff, but still. Um, yeah, when you look at just – Kentucky Tennessee recruiting battles. Justin Rogers, Kentucky won. Tennessee really wanted him. Ripka. Ripka yeah. from Nashville. Mm-hmm. They wanted him. And then you look at Barron, could be a huge if you one. Get Barron and Oxen. That's and you, you could go four for four against them in this class. And look where you're getting them from. That's where Tennessee kicked Kentucky's ass. For that's years. What they do. That's right. what they've done well is beating them up in the trenches. And if you can get some of those guys. Right. Whew. Which, by the way, Justin Rogers, that dude. He can play, like, right away. <laughs> He's, he, They're going to need some guys inside. That's about the only spot on the defense I'm a little skeptical about as of right now going into hey, next year. Well, they're, they're recruiting enough of them, so mm-hmm. should be able to work. But let's get to Garantano, just a backup quarterback. God, which, but we talked about before the game, like, what uh, I say, I said he was the best quarterback. Yeah. And but what does Jeremy Pruitt do? He hates him, though. Yeah. And so – Until he plays his ass off like mm-hmm. he did the other night. Now, he did – did he, did he drop a snap or what was it? He did something with a. It was like a weird fumble or something. He had well, that was the thing with Garantano because he's got the broken bone in his non-throwing hand. Mm-hmm. Ball security is an issue. So we saw when Kentucky finally got a hit on him, he fumbled. Great sound effects. <laughs> those are touch not, ladies and gentlemen. We had to pay big bucks to get those. Little here. sound effects, yeah. And then I lost my train of thought. Uh, so yeah, he fumbled there, and then on the handoff, he. He had a weird handoff because he has to use his wrong his offhand to right. hand it well, off. Well, he has to use his like right his, hand to guide the ball more into the stomach than rather than because when he was he was going left, so you would use your left your left hand like right, this. Right, right. Well, the run play was going right, but he's going left because his of how hand. He would typically be using his left hand, and instead he's got to hold it with his right and, and like use his broken out. hand right. to like gently like put it in there. Right. What they should have did was just run that power toss that Les Miles teams always run. Oh, those are fun, too. Yeah. Right. It's power, but it's a toss, and you don't have to worry about a handoff. Right. But, but right. they didn't run it for whatever reason. And they've ran – like Jim Chaney has ran that play in the past. I'm surprised that he didn't run that there. Maybe they can't catch a toss or something. <laughs> but but he came out and was just 
sharp as could be. And Tennessee fumbled the ball four times per my statue. Kentucky sheet. only got it twice. Kentucky only got or one. Once. The bully one. McCall, yeah. The, the one that, that could have been huge. That has huge. to change. The Calvin Taylor one, man. It was right. That, that was such a huge play, and, and it went right to You would have been at Tennessee's 25, 26, 27-yard line. And, and the thing is, is the – because here, here, here's a, a lot of that is just luck. Like fumbles – Fumbles is luck. Fumbles are – yeah, it's it's all luck. In Kentucky, what's going to happen is they're going to get them in the games that they don't matter. Like it's going to be invading against UT Martin. That Like you're going to get the big plays anyway. Why can't we just get some of it against Tennessee? You know, right. or, or hell, please just save some of it for Louisville. Like, give us some of the ball bouncing into our guy. Now, when it mattered most, it did bounce right in their hands, and then Kentucky chews up seven minutes of clock, and it's almost the perfect final drive. Right. Like, it's so it was close an old to being school perfect. Benny Snell drive. How many times did we see that drive with Benny Snell, where they just run the ball, milk five, six minutes, score with like a minute left? I love it too. I love and it. And they had it. those long, slow drives. They had it, and it was almost going to set up perfect because Tennessee had to burn their two timeouts. Yeah. Now, their kicker was really good, but you're going to you take your chances in that spot. Yeah, because that was at like 50-something seconds, and you're just like, all right, get Derek Garantano, I know you've been great, but come on. Mm-hmm. That luck's going to run out eventually. You had him in the perfect spot. Right, and then if you get any pressure you're on him. You're playing defense with your offense. Mm-hmm. And that's – which is what they did all game. They played defense with their offense. Kentucky did essentially, and that's why. That's why I wasn't. Now it didn't work out, but like right before half, a lot of people were mad that Kentucky just didn't go for it then. And it, and, but that was another case of you're playing defense with your offense. And all right, well we're right here. We don't trust our kicker because even if we get a first down and we get stalled out, we're still not going to kick a field goal. Like, or at least trust that he's going to make it. So, you know what? Let's just kick it away. I didn't mind it. But then you give up a bomb to Callaway, and then all of a sudden they're in Hail Mary territory. Right. Now, it didn't end up panning out, but that's where I, 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 I understand how Mark Stoops knows that he has to use his offense to play defense as well. That's a big part of it, and that's a part of the equation that I think Joe Schmo doesn't always think of. But it almost backfires. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing though. with Mark Stoops. Like, what he's building on defense is – we're seeing this year, this is kind of built to last. Mm-hmm. Took him a while to get to this point. But I th- he's got the staff in order now. And he's got the personnel. And it's a, the scheme they want is established, what they want to do. But with that comes sacrifices that the offense has to make. To do what they want to do on defense, and this is a defense-first program. This is going to be a defense – Yearly, that's competing to be in the top 25. But to do that, they 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 need to eat clock on offense, mm-hmm. and they need to protect their defense, and just be, you know, at some at some points, you know, ultra conservative, whether you like it or not. So in that creates a game that I think a game style that I think a lot of people are not huge fans of, especially when you lose. But when you look at his <laughs> close game record, it's been pretty good. Yeah. And Eddie Grant has had a lot of bad quarterback luck as a coordinator. You look yeah. to Drew Barker. You look to Steven Johnson being banged up in 2017. Having to go out and find Terry Wilson. Losing Mac Jones, Jerem Williams – and having Danny Clark. He looked pretty good against Miami. Hope, 
transfer out. Yeah, Jaron Williams would have been Kentucky starter last year. Like Terry Wilson wouldn't he'd be somewhere else. Jaron Williams would be the quarterback right now. <laughs> but I mean that's that it is what it is. And yeah. so they they just caught some bad luck and he's done a good job adjusting on the fly. And they're doing the best they can right now. It's just my biggest issue with that game is you go back to thirteen and three, you got fourth and three. You've been in this spot before, Stoops has, where you have a chance to deliver a knockout punch in that stadium against a team that you real that your program needs to like would be a really really big win for your program, and you don't deliver it. I think they had a shot there to deliver it, but I think Bowden throwing that interception, yeah, kind of gave him the jeepers creepers, mm-hmm. and then he's looking at it like, well. They're not doing much. All they can do is really throw 50-50 balls right. on offense. So I'm going to take my chances and let's punt right here, thinking that Duffy wouldn't punt in the end zone, thinking they'd get it down. Mm-hmm. He didn't. And then that kind of gave Tennessee a breath of life. And then before you know it, Kentucky's losing the ball game. Literally, they touched the ball once after that point, go three and out, and then, boom, they're losing the ball game. And it just changed the total game. So I think the staff – I think after the season, maybe they need to look when they get a lead like this, a 10-point lead or so, a yeah. two-possession lead. What do we need to do to get that up to three possessions? Because if we get a three-possession lead with this defense and our ball control offense, we well, should be pretty damn good against whoever we're playing. That's a point that Derek Terry made. Because like, I was quick to go to the, the rivals, like UK's inability to, to beat them. Now, granted, people all have different definitions of rival. I just fucking miss the teams I hate. I hate Florida, hate Tennessee, hate Louisville. Just hate them. I just do. And now while Louisville had a nice little run there, the team that you've beaten the most often, Florida and Tennessee have stunk, and you haven't been able to get those wins. That's where I went to after the game because I was just well, – the There's been a fit, bunch of 50-50 games, and you've been on the short end of the stick way too many times. Yeah. Now, against the other teams, you've done well, like against your South Carolinas and Missouri. Missouri's, that's where you've get done well in the 50-50 right. games. That's but, where that – the. The football off averages is kind of balanced out in that. Yeah. It's just but disappointing. You would take a couple more losses to Mizzou, to South be, Carolina, to, to have a couple more wins over Florida and Tennessee. Because I hate them. And, mm-hmm. and normally losses don't make me that mad, but that's what Tennessee does. It makes me mad because I hate them. I hate the way they talk. I hate the way they sound. I hate the way they look. I hate the color orange. I hate everything about Tennessee. Just, I mean, even just going like – I remember there was one time, look at where we were on this like hiking trip in Smoky Mountains, and we were like stopping to get supplies at a Walmart, and I saw just the, I mean, just beautiful woman, and when I realized that she had a giant Tennessee logo on the back of her shirt, I like got like it was like a dog, like Pavlov's dog. I got like a disgusting taste in my mouth, just like, it's just Tennessee is I. It's the worst. It is the absolute worst, and I hate them, and I cannot stand to lose to them in these games. And the point that I was getting at when I started at all of this is that I could, like, my blinders were up because I was so fuming mad, and I was mad all day Sunday. I don't know. Normally Sunday is my, like, all right, I'm going to get some chores done. You know, I'm going to watch some NFL. I'm I'm fine. Recharge the battery. No matter what, it's my day off. I'm enjoying myself. I couldn't enjoy myself. I was so mad about the Tennessee game. I was mad. Until, I mean, it took the wife, like, making me breakfast and then, like, kind of making fun of me to, like, semi <laughs> – and, and then, like, getting out Christmas stuff. 
just stuff that objectively like whatever we got to do to make Nick happy, we had to do. That was what I had to do to get through and just kick off some of the rust. Now, friend Derek Terry, he went and he was like, wait, they had a double-digit lead. What the hell is up with Stoops' double-digit lead? So he went back, and I think it was the eighth time that Kentucky's lost at home in four, last four or five years. So since Grant got here, eight times they lost at home. Six of those games they had double-digit leads. And most of the, a lot of those were in the second half where they had a chance to really put them away, and they didn't. Well, and it was that Florida game in the 2017. Georgia, 2016, which I hate to contradict myself, but they did go for the kill shot there, and, but that had a touchdown and, and, and dropped it. And just gives it right to him, yeah. and, which is the same thing that they did in this game where they went for the kill shot with Bowden, and he just doesn't lead Rick. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it, it might not be a – I think they're even picking their times right when to go for kill shots, but they're just not landing them. They're swinging big. It's it's not only are they swinging big and missing, but they're leaving themselves wide open and then just getting rocked yeah. right in the jaw. I know Kentucky has some guys with experience on the roster, and I think it's a really well balanced roster, kind of age wise. But some important players we're seeing are young. Mm-hmm. And the last couple years we saw, especially last year. At, in winning time, it was Josh Benny. Mm-hmm. Josh Ali, as Cole Kubik said, he made more winning plays. Josh by, Allen. Or, sorry, Josh Allen, yeah. Josh Allen made more winning plays by a defensive player than he said he's ever seen. And it wasn't – I mean, Allen was great, but we – everybody knew, like at the Citrus Bowl, everybody knew Kentucky went three and out because Snell was out of there. Yeah. Let's just stop him a field goal on that last drive. We know Snell's going to get at least two first downs. Yeah. We know it, and yeah. that's going to win the game. At Florida, we knew he was going to be able to get at least two first downs to get that clock under a minute. So those plays, we don't – you kind of forget about those. Mm-hmm. But those are huge plays because that's significant to winning a football game. And so now they're they're trying to find – how they're going to win these games. Like, who's going to be their guy? Who's going to be the guy they go to? Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to be Bolden, but now he's playing a different position altogether. So, he's <laughs> learning on the fly. Right. They're leaning on the OL, but they're they're having a couple mistakes that are really hurting them. And it's by, like, some of their younger right. guys, too. And yeah. then the, the experience running back, they, they're really not been able to go to, so they're they're going to freshmen, which, by the way, Kavase Smoke, I think, broke through that freshman wall. Mm. He showed some juice that we haven't seen since that Florida game. Yeah. So that well, was good and, to see. And some of it was probably just rest and right. physical, you mm-hmm. know, being able to get back so his feet back. That's running. exciting to me for the last, going in the last couple of games. But they're just trying to find, like, who are the guys that are going to make the big plays for them. So I think that's – I think that's affecting them in some of these close games. So it sucks to lose to Tennessee. I was pumped for that game. I thought it could have been a really big – Win for y'all, the program. Y'all should have seen Luckett too, man. Luckett is a. I'm only wearing a pullover and was a visor still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pullover, visor, and receiver gloves. Yep. That's, that's <laughs> Likes to feel that cold. That's my weather. You gotta, I love gotta it. feel it. I love See, it. I'm at least like like I'm to toboggan, real gloves and pullover. I don't need like some big heavy coat, See, but I need at least something for mm-hmm. the. I can't do a toboggan because it just. I don't hate the toboggan hair you get. Oh, yeah. I, I hate it, too. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but even your ears, my ears get too warm in the toboggan. No, that is, there is something true to, like, the ears are the ultimate thermometer of your face. Right. Because once the ears get too toasty, then you're just done. Mm-hmm. As your, your your face gets flushed, it's 
it's game over. And you also, too, had some liquid warmers as well. That helps. Yeah, that always helps, which I think we're at Vanderbilt, we're going to get to enjoy those this weekend. Well, you'll get to enjoy those this In weekend. the stadium. In the stadium. You can purchase it. You don't have to sneak it in your boots. I feel bad for those beer vendors already, <laughs> for all these pissed-off Kentucky fans coming and, down there. And this is the fir- this is the only beer game of the year. Mm-hmm. Every one of UK's road right. opponents was like one of the four places where you can't serve beer. And I'm just – I know. But just get ready because this will be my first time making the trip to Vandy. Oh, really? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's bad. I'm ready to see the dump. It's so bad. But this is going to be even worse than usual because nobody's going to show up to this game. They're having bad attendance already. Yeah. And then there's nothing really big going on. It's not even senior day. Senior day's next week. That's, and, all right, so I kind of am worried from the aspect that, A, that it's just going to be so dead that nobody's going to be there. And, B, uh, McGinnis brought this up. The players, they do – I feel like the, their players really do like Derek Mason. So, they're like, well, hell, we got to get him a win. Almost like that – was it the Missouri game? See, I don't – I wonder if the win's just kind of out of their sails after that because they've played hard the last three weeks. And, just and the offense is just – we're going to get to that in a little bit. The offense just stinks it up. <laughs> and the defense quit in the second half last week against Florida because yeah. the offense was so bad. Was the field So, I, I think that it could be a thing where they might have just – they're done. Settled it. They've laid the white flag. Because I will. Could of, be. Could of be. all of the, like in basketball, it be like trying hard when you suck in basketball. You can at least go out and get like forty points. You know, you can at least tell yourself like, well, hell, if I play well, then I'm still the big dog. I There's only five players on the court. Yeah, but in football, you're getting your ass kicked. Like physically, just getting your ass kicked every day, mm-hmm. and having to wake up sore. Like, that kind of mentally just wears on you. It's a long season. Hell, it mentally wears on me, and I've just got to freaking ask the kids questions. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to do that much. They not only have to go through the mental trauma of all that, but they're getting physically beat up every week. And for the guys like Collagen Lipscomb and Pickney and Keyshawn Vaughn, who are like, hey, uh, wait, Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, it is Vaughn. I get, I got him confused with Kayvon Allen at Florida. Mm-hmm. Wrong ones. But, spell it similarly. Yes, very similar. And also, it should have been Keyshawn at 4-2. I don't know why it was Kayvon. I digress. Those dudes are like, well, we got the NFL next year. so. Kalajalipskum, I haven't watched every game, but he seems like they've kind of checked him out. I don't know if it's coaching-wise or player-wise. Who was telling me they don't even throw it to their tight end? Is that you? Yeah. Yeah. Like why? They don't even throw it. They, he, like, Lipscomb has two catches in the last four games. <laughs> He's going to be drafted. Right. <laughs> and then Pinckney, who was – when we talked about all SEC picks, that was the guy I rode for. I rode for this Vanderbilt skill talent. Because <laughs> I love Keyshawn Vaughn, I love Lipscomb, and I love Jerry Pinckney. And he has 15 catches on the season. 15 catches? He, had 50, he caught 50 balls last year. He, had 50, he has 15 catches. So, basically, their quarterbacks are just – The quarterbacks stink. <laughs> If we're just putting it bluntly. Okay. Is, is Mo – all right, my question for you. Is Mo Hassan going to be back? Are they going to – He's been out with a concussion the last couple of weeks. Is they, he, was he even good or was that just kind of fluky? They no. They ran around with No. They, they just saw something that they thought they could take advantage of running the ball, but they really didn't do much on offense against 
Vanderbilt, and then Hassan got knocked out of the game, and Riley Neal led them on their two biggest drives of the game. Missouri, right? Yeah, yeah their number yeah. win against Missouri. So, anyway, Derek Mason in his first year, he had a guy by the name of Carl Durrell, who was a head coach at UCLA a few years ago, got fired. He hired him as offensive coordinator. Most people mocked it because they thought it was a bad hire because Carl Durrell wasn't a great play caller. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was pretty bad. They were 3-9, 0-8 SEC his first year. After that, he made an offensive change. He hired a guy by the name of Andy Ludwig, who called plays at Utah and Wisconsin. Ludwig comes in the same year as Kyle Shermer. Those two together go, now this isn't going to be great. You're going to say, you're going to scoff at him. What does that mean? But you have to remember we're talking about the Vanderbilt Commodores. In the next four years, they go 21-29, and 9-23 and 23 in the SEC, they have wins over Kansas State. They beat Tennessee three times. Went at Georgia. And went to three bowl games. Went to Is that correct? two bowl games. Went five and seven the other another year. They they were up. They were one of those that was potentially going to get the uh, five and seven bowl bed, right? Mm-hmm. And they ended up not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like they were like a candidate for it, but they ended up not needing them. Well, they would. I think they would have got it last year, but they ended up getting that six win when they blew out Tennessee last week of the season. That's so weird. So. Too. Per S&P, it was a slow climb for his offense. They started out 120th, then went to 89th, 41st, and they finished 24th last year mm-hmm. with Shermer and all that skill talent I talked about. So Ludwig leaves with Shermer. Shermer graduates. Ludwig is now the coordinator at Utah, who they're having a really good year out there on offense. That guy, he realized, ooh, don't think I'm going to have anybody to throw the ball with this right. year. And so now when you look at their offense, they have – some ugly, ugly, ugly numbers. Ooh, let's hear them. Just, you don't have to give the exact numbers. Just the I rankings. I got it. I got it. Just the rankings. Van- those are fun. Vanderbilt is 106 in scoring offense. Ooh. 121st in yards per play. Ugh. 129th in passer rating. Ooh, there's only 130 teams. Uh, 130th in third down offense. <laughs> 126th in red zone efficiency. And 120th in 20-plus yard plays. Now, this is with a running back who by himself had 1,244 rushing yards in 2018, 7.92 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns, 10 rushes of 40-plus yards. How many? Six rushes of 60-plus yards in 2018. So did this you is Keyshawn Vaughn I'm talking about. Receiving oh, yards, too? No, well, no, I don't have those put up. I, I those bet are, those are pretty decent, too. Yeah. Just from screen game, you know. So now I look at – He's probably was 1,500 total yards mm-hmm. last year. 2019. Here's what Keyshawn. That was with missing two, two or three games too. Yeah, because he got hurt in that Florida game. They had they had Florida beat in Nashville. If if they would have had him against Kentucky last year, yeah, Kentucky could have been in big trouble. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Keyshawn Vaughn in 2019, 818 yards rushing. So he's a chance at a thousand, not bad, but 4.93 yards per carry, three yards per touch. He's less than what he got last year. So basically, this new guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Who is? Where did this new guy come from? Six touchdowns. Three rushes of 40-plus yards after getting 10 last year. Zero rushes of 60-plus yards after getting six last year. Which gives me their offense coordinator, Jerry Jerry with a G. Oh, no. You, <laughs> like, <laughs> folks, you just you know this, you know this story. It's yeah. Jerry with a G. It's like Jeff with a G. He's an alum, of, he's an alum of Nick Rauch's favorite football program. Uh, Purdue Bowlemakers. Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh, God. <laughs> of course. <laughs> God. Jerry G- Godowski, G D O W S K I. How about them Bulldogs beating Northwestern with a third string quarterback? How about, 
Those Western just came out. Oh, my God. It's something about watching their field, too. It looks like they're playing in the fescue at the oh, they grow, Open. Oh, they grow it out. They grow it so they grow it out. Poor North. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, though, he, he, he's bought him some goodwill. He can afford a bad yeah. year. There was betting odds I saw this week about coaches being fired. Who's the next coach to be fired? Like odds. Uh-huh. And Fitzgerald was there at, like, 60 to 1. I said, Pat Fitzgerald? What are you doing? Also, he could go 0 and 13. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he, he's the greatest player and the greatest coach that yeah. school's ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is hilarious though that Purdue is on their third string guy, and that the over under in that game was like 36, 38. My brother was on it. You? Oh my god! <laughs> he got, he he went on the under. Yeah, I think Purdue had 34 points, right? Mm-hmm. It was like 34 to 31 or something. Speaking of bad game. beats. On on the unders, Baylor TCU, I believe it was nine nine going into overtime. <laughs> what did what, it finish? Twenty nine twenty six. It went over <laughs> in the third overtime. <laughs> Could you imagine all that? They, they did. the touchdown scored in they regulation. Know, I was, was listening to it all the yeah. way into the. We had it on. Though. That was the second game we were watching with Minnesota Penn State at the tailgate. Oh man, yeah. I, my second game was Western and uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Until I mean that got out of hand. Like in a. I mean, really out of hand. Tie story revenge game. Tie story revenge game. The Bobby Petrino Bowl, many people were calling it. They had – oh, yeah. That's yeah, the Bobby Petrino Bowl. That. Which they had a, it's time to come home. They had a – from all intents and purposes, from what I've heard, I didn't get to see any of it, but a fire you crowd for Chad oh, Morris. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. And the fact that on the first drive, too, like it – so Arkansas, they're on their seventh quarterback. who He just goes by like four initials, JSJ or something like that. That's a – Jerry Jones's grandson. Oh, really? So they're mm-hmm. playing JSJ, mm-hmm. and he he threw an interception on the first drive. So Western's got like the forty. They have their receivers. They have a dude who's a, it's like Lamar Jack, Lucky Jackson. Yes, what them. WKU? He's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, he dropped like two wide open third down passes, and you're like, oh god, really? Western, you get a golden opportunity, you're gonna screw the pooch. Well, Helton's like, screw it, we're going for it. Goes for fourth down twice on the first drive. They get it, and you can just see Arkansas. They're like, shit, here we go. And from that point on, Rakeem Boyd had like an 80-yard touchdown. I saw that. And after that, it was nothing for Arkansas, which, by the way. Rakeem Boyd's been really good this year, too. What what is Arkansas without Rakeem Boyd? Like, are they even – Getting points, the quarter, any points. The quarterback play and the line play has been so bad, and then the defense. Bumper just, pull though. Bumper pulls, and the defense has good players. It's just they just they quit on the coaching staff. All right, so while we're while we're talking about this, are they going to get? Is Arkansas going to get weird with this hire? I think they could. I think there's a very good chance they could call the guy in Pullman. I because w- they're missing on their top two targets. Their top two targets are Norvell and Gus. Yeah, and well, Gus, I can at least see the scenario, just from a like things go, the wheels start falling off, and he's like, they'll pay me a lot, and like mm-hmm. I can just be weird there, and I don't have to deal with their crap, because Auburn, you know, Auburn fans, all they're finicky yeah. as hell. But all Gus has to do is beat Georgia or Alabama. If he beats one of them, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And they're what seven, eight? What are they right now? Five and three. Auburn is so six two losses. Two. Six and two. So well, seven and two. Yeah, so you beat one of them, you're, it's a nine-win season. Mm-hmm. Going, yeah. to a, going to the Outback Bowl. Yeah, 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 he's fine. But there is a scenario, though, where, like, the wheels fall off and he just wants to get out. 
That's if they're lucky, but that's probably not going to happen. See, I think it could be more likely that he ends up at Florida State before Arkansas. True. If you take if you take Gus, if you just no name, if you look at his resume, yeah, he's Florida State. Why wouldn't Florida State hire him? If you just look at his resume, why? Why wouldn't they? And you know what's weird that you mentioned that though, like it. What's very weird about it is that it's only like like when Feldman or any of those guys like do their stuff, they never mention Gus at Florida State, but they always mention him with Arkansas just because of his ties there, and that's where he got started. And he well, got, they say know. that Arkansas gave him a monster offer that would have paid him like saving money mm-hmm. in the last, but he turned it down. And Auburn turned around and gave him that seven-year, forty-nine million-dollar extension. Everybody made fun of. Yeah, but. You're right. He would fit. The only reason why I think he wouldn't, though, like it, is because his Florida State's are their fans that much different than Auburn's. Like, yeah, I feel it's like, just easier to win there. Yeah, yeah. But the only difference is that. I mean, he's Florida. It, it, I guess their your rival is beating Miami and the other like, Florida, which like, he can do. Gus Malzahn ain't scared of Dan Mullen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right about that. Um, but I think both those searches, can the Florida State, can get really weird because I went back and watched their AD's press conference. How weird was that? You know, because he's, he's he's big on like we're gonna get we're gonna hire somebody before yeah. November's over. Like I could see them promoting that interim, making him full time. Oh God! I could see them hiring somebody out of the blue. I could see them hiring Mike Norvell. I could see them hiring Stoops. I mean, I could see them going about six, seven different directions. Then at Arkansas, I think there's two clear targets. And if they miss on those two, which I think there's a very good chance, then who who the hell knows? I think when you look at it, it could be like, we just need somebody in here that's good. And then Leach would make a lot of sense. I love that on all of the – like when they're looking for the check boxes in the Arkansas job, that they're like, well, we got to have a, like more of a proven head coach because Chad Morris obviously wasn't. But he also needs Texas recruiting ties. And then that just really narrows that window. And you're like, well, it would be nice, too, if they could get funky. And then, like, you're right. You're like, call Mike Leach. What are you waiting on? <laughs> like, is there anybody else that, that checks any of those boxes The problem better? is the guy that fits that description is Sonny Dykes. But how do you f- hire an SMU coach? No, you two can't. Two times in a row. You can't. And um, who, who's the dude that uh, – Who's who, explain to me Willie Fritz? Okay, Willie Fritz started out as like a D two head coach, won national championships, moved up to FCS, won there. So he's won pretty much everywhere he's been. It's been a slow climb for him. He's kind of like the John B line of college football. John B line was never an assistant. Fritz was an assistant, but he started off the bottom of the bottom and has kind of slowly mm-hmm. climbed his way up the ladder. And so he goes to Georgia Southern their first year in FBS and Sun Belt. They they won the Sun Belt, go undefeated. And he surprised a lot of people by taking the two-lane job, but he thought it was more of a fast lane because he wants to coach a Power 5 team. Yeah. He just, he just wants his chance. So he's jumping at the first offer he gets. It could be <laughs> Vanderbilt. It could be Rutgers. It could be anybody. He's jumping at that first opportunity. So if you get him, he's just a ball coach, bottom line. You know? I thought you – for a second, I got him confused with the – North Texas guy who Latrell uh, people are right, who are like, hey, man, man, they're not a great year this year. They only have four wins. They lost their offense coordinator out to USC. Yeah, so they're like, uh, but 
they almost hired him last time, so why not hire him this time? That's what I love is like, well, they almost hired him last time. Why not this one? There's some rumors. Is, it worked out for John Calipari, but it doesn't. that's not how it works in football. There's rumors around Norvell that no one really talks about, but that he's kind of has some shady recruiting stuff. Hmm. That he's swimming in some. In Memphis? Never. <laughs> some weird waters. So Arkansas, it came down to Morris and Norvell last search. And they ended up hiring Morris. I think they thought it was a safer hire. So now people are wondering if he, like, they passed him once. You know, F you. We're right. not going there. So, I mean, and he's got to cook it at Memphis. So, so we'll see. That, that search could get weird. It's, it's a tough job. And then it could even get more weird if Ole Miss or Mississippi State opens. Because then they're kind of recruiting the same candidates. Yep, looks like Rutgers about to get locked up. Shiano. Mm-hmm. Uh, Should already happen. They're kinda, taking too long. Yeah, what the hell is – why? Well, there's no reason to even wait understand. either. And also the fact that they were like, yeah, he met with the governor, so I think that's about to happen. What the hell you got to meet up with a governor to hire a football coach? I think it's gonna it's money reasons. Oh, because Shiano wants a lot more? Or yeah. So I think they're going to have to kind of do what Kentucky did, like go through the state government to get a bond <laughs> or whatever that, that was. I think that's why. Oh, man. That's, that's why it's taking so that's long. That's hilarious. Um, okay, enough coaching search stuff. Um, Back to Vanderbilt. Yeah. So tell, give me a quick scouting report on this stadium. Um, How many times have you been there? This have is you, actually only going to be my second because the last one, Vanderbilt skimped so hard on media that they wouldn't approve two people from KSR to go. And by, Which, by the way, there's only like six Vanderbilt media members. How big is the press box? Is this the smallest in the SEC? Oh, yeah, not a, without a doubt. They don't like cater anything. Um, and they just like, you know, I, I, I enjoy the Chick-fil-A meals that they provide us, but it's very small. It reminds me of – So you've never been as a fan? No, never been as a fan. But they're down below. Like, <laughs> it's like uneven pavement almost in like Rocky. It kind of reminds me of like almost like – when you go under Cardinal Stadium and like you have the like new hills, the the new one where there's like hills underneath the concourses, uh huh, and it's really low ceiling. It right. kind of it kind of has a feel like that, but the crappiness of old Cardinal Stadium where right. there's just like random poles and uh, support beams. And I read stuff. earlier this year that they they have had zero renovations since the place opened. The one thing that's kind of nice though is that. If you want to just watch and you're in the area, you can just stand and I know, watch I've, the game. I've been the in the zone. area. I've, I've seen the stadium before. just yeah. never been to a game there. It's just crappy. It's just not good. I, what I worry about is them not having enough beer lines because I can totally see oh, them yeah, not that, having the infrastructure. That, that I know LSU and Georgia both <laughs> tapped them out. Tapped them out. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to take a – there's not going to be as many Kentucky fans as there else. So it's going to take a hell of an effort to get to that point again. Right, which I do – there's – as Mark Stupa said, Kentucky fans love going to Nashville. Right. Um, I'm actually just going down Friday and leaving after the game Saturday. I got a bunch of stuff I got to do Sunday. Uh, but you're going down Saturday and just staying the night, correct? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's the plan for a lot of people. And the thing that's nice, too, is it's not too far from all those midtown bars, the Demunbrian kind of area. Mm-hmm. And I like that's that. Be. I like that more than the honky-tonk crap anyway. You know, like – for SEC tournament, it's so damn expensive, right? And like, I don't know. I just I, I've done it a hundred times, right? Yeah, you know, it's well. How how much more can I? How many more times can I go to Tootsie's? You know, like, well, last time we were in Nashville was during the draft, and we didn't go 
downtown because it was just a zoo down there. Mm-hmm. So we decided to hit up, I believe it's called Midtown, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Midtown's that they refer to it. And we had a Pretty ball. nice, yeah. So we're excited. Yeah. I've, uh, but hopefully we can get a win. Yeah, that would be nice because, frankly, we haven't got a psyche, win this year. Kentucky I, I'm, hasn't. I'm starting to like slowly like get through this. Maybe some of it's because of the the cold beers. Maybe some of it's just time is helping me get out of this funk that I'm feeling. But you can't, you can't not get a win. Just, just I don't even want to think of It'd be a be the worst loss of Mark Stoops era if they lost this game. Because the worst one right now is probably the game in 2015 when they needed it to yeah. go bowling and they but let that, the dude uncovered. And DJ Elliott mm-hmm. said, well, it's a football thing. You don't understand. But that, that Vanderbilt defense per SP finished top 20 in the country. That was a good damn defense yeah. that they lost to. This Vanderbilt team – you know, ain't on that level. Both their offense and their defense is bad. That Vanderbilt defense had Zach Cunningham, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. – And Oren Burks, who's starting for the Packers. Sounds right. So, they had some ball players on that team. They had to keep this Vanderbilt, too. Ryan White, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. This team for Vanderbilt, like their defense, I believe it's – they're going to return all of their top ten tacklers next year. <laughs> I believe it's the stat. Wow. And they have a sophomore linebacker, Dimitri Moore, leads him in tackles, who I really like. I think he's going to be a really good player. By the time he's a senior, I think he's going to compete for all SEC honors. But in their secondary, he's got a lot of nice young players. But their defensive line is the worst Kentucky has seen since that Eastern Michigan game. Oh. Oh, good. So. You did it like it. That's the good news I needed to hear. So they run a three, needed that. They run a three-four scheme. Oh gosh, Kentucky's just gonna. Blow, they run a three-four scheme. Run it down their freaking. They're gonna throat. try to do the same thing Tennessee did, but they're not gonna be able to they because don't have the Tennessee, dogs. Tennessee had the bodies to hold Kentucky's offensive line off, so their linebackers and secondary players could run downhill and make tackles. They're gonna have to take more chances. With those chances come, if Kentucky does their job, there's gonna be big lanes for big gains. And I'm excited to see Cavasse smoke, see if he can keep keep it up, see Rodriguez, see what he can do. And I think Bolden's going to get back to having another big game on the ground. But the biggest thing in, in this is start. If you get a hot start, Vanderbilt's going to, I think, fold. If you don't, if you do what Missouri did. And you've done it the last couple weeks, too. If you do what Missouri did when they went down there, let them hang around, then it could get a little hairy. And like I said earlier, with that stadium – You've got to provide your own juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Mark Stoops is mixing it up this week in preparation their, of that. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, they're going down. They're going to do their walkthrough at the Titans indoor facility instead of – On Friday. Right. Um, and it was basically – he was like, yeah, just whenever we go down there, something's off. So we're going to switch things up, get in there, and get, get some good prep in. Um, and, hey, maybe the Titans might be like, ooh – um, you can borrow Wesley Woodyard. He played for you. Why not? He can give a good pump-up speech. The biggest thing I worry about in this game is last time Kentucky had a loss like this in the season was Florida, and they came out and laid two straight eggs before the bye at Mississippi State, at Vanderbilt. <sighs> Just didn't play well in any fashion. Don't stop. Just don't. Or Mississippi State and South Carolina, excuse me. Yeah. So – can they show maturity? Can they grow from this? Let's see. Let's see what they can do. But bottom line is, 
The bottom line is you cannot lose to this Vanderbilt team. You need to go down there. Mm-hmm. This needs to be a get right, get well game. Get it right, get it tight. Go down there. Like Calipart, Bubba Sparks. Beat them up. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. And Vanderbilt has played a scheme similar to this. Remember when I compared what Missouri did to Ole Miss? Against Ole Miss, that's why I thought Kentucky would have a good run game because of how the offense is challenged, or how the offense is set up. Rich Rod's offense, quarterback run game. Yes. Ole Miss ran for over 400 yards against Vanderbilt, averaged over eight yards per play. They did that by only throwing, I believe, 14, 15 passes and throwing for less than 100 yards. So it's not like they're throwing the ball. Right. They just ran it, ran it, ran it. I think it sets up for Kentucky to do the same thing. Just run it all over them. Vanderbilt has the worst passing game in the SEC. Might be the worst in the country. Worse than Kentucky. Worse than Kentucky. With receiver per quarterback. Right. Now, if you just look at the Bowden stats, it might be a little better. But I'm judging from the season standpoint. So, I mean, it's bad. So, if you stop that and then keep Vaughn in check, the biggest thing is just keeping Keyshawn Vaughn in check. Do not mm-hmm. let him get his first 60-yard run of the season. Keep him in check. He's a similar run into Rakeem Boyd, who they did a decent job against outside of the – There's one big play. The outside yeah. zone bust. They're going to run that same outside zone that Arkansas did. Keep him in check. Your defense should be fine. Nick Roush, I think if Kentucky gets off to a lead early, doesn't let Vanderbilt get anything going in the first quarter – there is a puncher's chance that this could be the first shutout. A punter's chance. A puncher's chance. You sure it's not Max Duffy shutting him out? No, as in no punts from Max Duffy. No, he's gonna punt. Does he have to? <laughs> you just need to remember what the playing style is for Kentucky. Yeah, no. Um, they I want mean, to punt. A goose egg would be nice. I don't even think last year's team got a goose egg, did they? They didn't. Yeah. They held Vanderbilt to seven. I think it was the closest they came. Yeah, Kentucky hasn't held anybody to a shutout in a long time. I, there was one game where they were getting close, and I went and looked at it. Missouri, they it was one play. Yeah. They would have had one there. It'd be nice to get one, man. And you want to talk about that would be the ultimate get-right game. Mm-hmm. Shutting them out. Um, especially. Another trend. Kentucky hasn't scored 30 points in an SEC game since the road trip down there two years ago in 2017. They didn't do last year. They haven't done it this year. They've come close. They have 29 against Missouri, had 28 against Florida, 27 against Florida last year. Even though they put up eight yards per play, they only scored three offensive touchdowns. You know who was the real MVP in that game? Florida? No, in that game two years ago. Saheem King played well. I remember that. Well, you're forgetting about the play of the game, and that was Charles Walker's fumble recovery when Bowden – had like oh, yeah, a fifty-yard run and the, oh. the ball. Pops. You talk about the kickoff return? No, it, different. It, it wasn't the kickoff return. I know it, it was the screen. Yeah, I remember now. And he goes like fifty yards, and this is the dagger. This is the three-score like. This is the drive you put him out. It was the beginning of the second half, and ball po- po- pokes free. I remember that. And now. it's running around, and it doesn't want to go on the sideline. Charles recovers it. Benny scores two plays later. I remember. And that then now. I think Kentucky ends up just absolutely rolling. One like 44-21. Yeah, it ends up just completely stomping them. But it was still kind of in the balance, and if that would have been a fumble, then it would have been like, oh, God, here we go again. But and that Vanderbilt team was better than this team. Yeah. Another stat for you. Since Bill Connolly started his SP Plus rating system, which is like – I believe they started in like – 2013. No, it's lower than that. It's like to the 2000s. Like I have it back to 2005, but I believe oh, it, wow. he's been doing it longer than that. So, 20 years, an SEC team has never finished in the hundredths. In the hundreds. <laughs> right now, Arkansas is 102 and Vanderbilt's 105. Oh, man. So, this Going is Going like, down to the wire. So, Ooh, can we 
SEC Championship Week, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. In Toilet put it, Bowl. Put it in the Legion Bowl. Oh, yeah, Legion <laughs> Field. <laughs> Old school <laughs> SEC Championship venue. Hell, yeah, let's do it. If let's they did that, that, we should go and cover it. <laughs> Hell, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that would be incredible. Sign me up. But you know neither team wants to play. How funny would that be if each conference – this would never happen, but – they did a toilet bowl. On Friday nights, we just had toilet bowls for each conference. <laughs> <laughs> so before the championship games. Yeah. Oh, and my gosh. the crappiest gosh. stadium in that, in that conference. Oh, my gosh. That would be great. All right. So, all right. Let's, let's figure out what the toilet bowls would be. So, in the ACC, you would play – I was going to say the old Orange Bowl, but that Georgia stadium Georgia Tech, Syracuse. That stadium doesn't even exist anymore, does it? No, it would be – let's uh, think here – like Duke Stadium. Duke Stadium, <laughs> yeah. they got a track around it. So Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech st- uh, versus Syracuse. Um, Big Ten. Big Ten. Northwestern. It might be Nebraska. No, Rutgers. It's Rutgers. Yeah, Northwestern it's, Rutgers. It's Northwestern Rutgers, and we're going to play. Northwestern's at least nice. Is there like some old um, – I want to say Illinois. That seemed like they have a crappy stadium. Oh, yeah. But, hey, Lovey's going bowling, Or Indiana. Though. Indiana would be fun because they're like, what What are you even doing here, Indiana? You know, Why are you here again? You know, <laughs> this is funny. Only I will know this. The Big Ten has three memorial stadiums. Nebraska, <laughs> Indiana, <laughs> and Illinois. Isn't <laughs> 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 that crazy? Oh, man. Uh, okay, uh, Big 12, Toilet Bowl. This is Can- It'd be Kansas and um, – Is Kansas' record that bad? Yeah, it'd be Kansas, West Virginia. Big Twelve is good though. Like they have a bunch. Like every team is pretty close. Texas Tech. They're they? they're just they beat West Virginia last week, so uh, that's why I put them above. Okay, but Kansas so, beat Texas. So Tech. Kansas, West, West Virginia, Virginia beat Kansas, and you play it at Mountaineer Park where they have the dog tracks inside the ball like <laughs> Bristol Motor Speedway. There we go. Um, Kansas Memorial Stadium. There's like a bunch of Memorial. <laughs> so stadiums. basically. I think Vanderbilt's Memorial Stadium, it's too. It's just Vanderbilt Stadium. It might be Vanderbilt Memorial Stadium. Like, or it's Memorial Field at Vanderbilt there, Stadium. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Which, so, I think we're seeing a correlation here. Bad teams play at Memorial <laughs> Stadiums. They can't think of a better name to call their stadiums. Um, and then, finally, wrapping it up in the Pac-12, is Buffalo at the bottom? Buffalo? You talking about we want or, to go back? The, the, the Buffs. <laughs> Colorado. Colorado's Pac-12. See, Oregon State's kind of good this year, so it's not them. <sighs> Man, I, mean, I let me pull some stuff up here. Is Kevin Sumlin? Or is Arizona? Yeah. They're, they're so weird. Looks like Colorado is the lowest rated for okay, SP. Okay, yeah. But Boulder's too beautiful. Stan- and then Stanford is a spot below our Arizona. Ooh, empty Levi Stadium. <laughs> 12 people there. Yeah. I mean, there's only going to be like 100 people at the Pac-12 championship in Levi Stadium awful. anyway. I'm so ready for that thing to move to Vegas. Back-to-back Levi Stadium games. Oh, man. That was a fun exercise. You know what's Utah and Oregon are going to play in a, probably the biggest Pac-12 championship ever this year. Mm-hmm. They be and you know they start that game on a Friday night at like five thirty local time. Oh God! So like the traffic is you know the traffic's awful out there. Right, right, and go. it's not even like it's far. There's no hotels around there. The Santa like where the stadium is is far from civilization. Out so there. they're just there's going to be nobody there for a huge game. So. <laughs> they need to go back. When they first started that game, they just played it home and home, or, not, or just whoever had the best, best record. record. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it would, but the Vegas is Vegas next year. Whenever, whenever they get yeah, whenever that stadium, stadium gets built, because that, that it has to be. That. Hell, they should do it where they play the Las Vegas Bowl now, where they used to have the Las Vegas Outlaws. That there's the Toilet Bowl, a, a dump. Yeah, there's the Toilet Bowl, mm-hmm. Las Vegas Outlaws Stadium. When Kentucky is out, 
for the Vegas trip, which I'll be making. Uh huh. The Las Vegas Bowl is that Saturday night. It's a big Saturday. And the Las Vegas Bowl is usually pretty good, and it's going to have an SEC tie-in. A couple starting years when they next year. I think yeah, whenever they open that. They're stadium. dumping the Independence Bowl, and then an SEC team they can take one like one every other year or mm-hmm. something. Um, which that would be fun. Yeah, it'd be fun. True, it'd be a lot of because this this would be a perfect year. You do the double, do the basketball football double, just like. The Music City Bowl was oh, where yeah. Louisville and Music City plays. When Kentucky's time. out there for basketball again, if their football team's in contention, they're going to be pushing hard for that spot. Which, by the way, uh, Kentucky's bowl game right now. Uh, Charlotte? Charlotte. Char- Charlotte versus Miami? That's what the predictions are. A little, dream? A, yeah, because I saw something today or yesterday. They interviewed Bill Hancock, who's the head of the college football playoff. Uh-huh. And he said, they asked him, if no – ACC team is ranked because they get the top Orange Bowl spot. Right. If Clemson's in the playoff, will the committee rank until they get to an ACC team, or will or they? Will don't? they just take a top team? He says no. The 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 Orange Bowl or the ACC, they get to pick whoever they want there. If that's it, Miami. So they're picking Miami. Miami. Yeah. So then you would end up playing like Wake. Right. Or <sighs> they or they would might plug North Carolina in there to get the basketball matchup, which would be a home I, game for North Carolina. It'd be fun though. Yeah, Play Belk, fight Belk, Mac Browns. Belk Bowl, Kentucky's never been to. If you want to look at bowl projections, if you if you don't have this, then you can't see it. But the best, the guy who does it the best is Stu Mandel at the Athletic. Yeah, who do you, who who is his opponent this week for Belk? He had Miami, Kentucky. Yeah, and then I, he had Tennessee and Gator. But the Gator Bowl is still alive. Like Outback is out now. Yeah, but if Kentucky wins out, and if Tennessee was it Vandy? Well, Missouri. They go to Missouri next week. Yeah, so. If you want to get to Jacksonville, do what I'll be doing. I'll be cheering for the Missouri Tigers So of Tennessee. I also was looking uh, for dates, times, as far as travel purposes. Belt Bowl. Noon is, on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's nice. The noon kickoff's really nice, unless you get too drunk, like my wife allegedly did during the Gator Bowl and then was hung over by the time I was ready to it's go. It's actually a little better than what they had last year where it's one o'clock on new year's day so you're kind of yeah the one the, the breaks the one on thing on citrus ball though is just the abc well new it's just the atmosphere awesome. it's a big ball game. yeah yeah um but the the liberty is afterwards it's like fork it's, it's right. the game that's after bell and your central time suck your central time there that would be just horrible um and then music city's day before is december 30th which I, they're not going to music city Oh, jeez. Okay, I don't like it. I mean, they've just been there so many times. They're gonna and with the, they're gonna have options. Like they're gonna they're just gonna send them somewhere else. I think. Yeah, I think you're right too. But those are the, the then, big three. And then play. Gators January second night game. Who? Which could be fun if you could get there. Because that's a Friday. Uh, yeah, it would be a Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday night. That'd be kind of weird. It's Thursday, I think. Thirty first is a Wednesday. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and you're uh, right. Well, I'm. I want to double check. Christmas, Christmas is on a Wednesday, so that means New Year's Day would be on a Wednesday. So you're sorry, I was wrong. Thursday night, Thursday night football in Jacksonville. Typically, it's Jags Titans in color rush, the pea yellow uniforms mm-hmm. versus the, what is it, Titans? Are they powder blue in their color rush? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Either way, uh, we we need to get out of here. Um, Look like it. Are you? I know you gave us some like I, I just don't want to think about the worst case scenario, so 
when you go down to Vanderbilt Memorial Stadium, home of the Fighting Commodores, where they're anchoring down, what's your one biggest worry and what's the one reason why you're ultimately not worried? Ultimate reason is that I just think Vanderbilt's a really bad football team. So if Kentucky just goes there, plays hard, they're going to be fine. The reason to worry is it's a hangover spot. You know, I've, this game has scared me because of the situation. Is it, as Phil Still would say, it's a situational play. Right. And Kentucky's, you know, the line opened at eight and a half. It's up to ten now. It's just a spot that leans towards the home team. But at the same time, Vandy has some variables right now. Where it could be Derek Mason's last game, home game. We don't know if the team is still locked in, playing hard. You know, it seems like those three skill guys we talked about might have checked out. If they checked out, the whole team checked out. Right. So I think the start is everything. If you looked at me after I see the first ten minutes of the game, I would tell you how I felt about it. I think a lot we're going to know then. Yeah, well, you got to predict before the first well, ten minutes. Like, yeah. I know. I think That's how this business works. I know you haven't been in it very long, but you've got to predict the games. <laughs> if you made it predict, I'm, I'm going to play just – it's going to be completely, completely numbers. I'm looking at how bad Vanderbilt's been. Derek Mason has talked about, like, changes are coming. We're making drastic changes on offense. Oh, that works out well. So, what does that mean, though? Like, is it, does they go back to Hassan? Do they just spread it out, throw four verticals? Do they win the toss and onside kick? Like, what does that mean? So, that's going to have to be the early rush that we're going to have to see what that means. But if Kentucky comes out, hits them with a punch early, it should be roll city. And I know there are a lot of people freaking out about the offense right now, about wanting to go back to Sawyer Smith. Kentucky's playing three of the worst defenses they've seen since – they're three worst they've seen. Or maybe – and you could throw Arkansas in there. But three worst they've seen since that first two weeks of the season. So, thing, what Tennessee did, these, other, these remaining three teams aren't going to be able to do against this offense. So, the big plays are coming for the ground game. Mm-hmm. Kentucky is going to be able to – they move the football against Tennessee. They're going to be able to move the football against everybody else. And they just got to finish drives like you talked about. So, to me, it's just get off to a good start and everything should be fine. And it, then you get back, take care of UT Martin, and then I'll focus on Louisville. And you got to win that one. Be nice. Be nice. Nice little signature win on the season. Right. You're beating some bad teams. Beating another and bad Louisville team in Louisville. Got a little thumped last week. They have a big game at NC State this week. If they lose that one, then their season all of a sudden is hmm? reeling a what? little bit. Yeah, get let's get Scott's toss reeling. Don't make their dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that game, Bolden gives you a great chance in that game because you're going to be able to should be able to establish the tempo and you should be able sit to sit on the ball. Keep, yeah, you got to sit on the ball against Louisville because they're they're just mm-hmm. big plays. And the best unit in that game might just be Kentucky's defense. So you take your chances against Kentucky or Louisville's offense, and then and you can't lose to a guy named Tutu. And come on, it's about time Kentucky and Tutu. It's banged up a little bit right now. Yeah, I mean, of course he is. He's a Tutu. So we'll see. He's only a hundred, probably fifty pounds soaking wet, <laughs> but he is fast as lightning. Yeah. So we'll, so we'll see. There's still a lot of that stuff in front of Kentucky. I just want to see them bounce back in a tough spot and play well. Just hit them in the mouth, punch them in the face, get some juice into that game early so it can be a fun day. It should be a fun time in Nashville. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to be having fun Friday 15 night. 15 and sunny. Well, I guess I'm going to be having fun Saturday night. Come party with the 11 personnel crew. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Shout out to our guy, Vinny, who I met at the bar earlier this week. 
We appreciate you listening. We appreciate all of y'all listening. And for dealing with us as we get through the Tennessee suffering, uh, our, our long national nightmare is almost over because the Cats are going to kick Vandy's ass. Time to end Hell Week. It's it's going to be over Saturday in Nashville. More like Catsville, am I right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Go Cats, go Kroger.